what we like to do in copy is pre-handle the objection that we know we're going to get, right? The moment somebody opens this email from somebody that they don't know, that's the first thing that's going to come to mind, right? Like, is this spam? Who is this person? Understand that your prospects are skeptical, yeah. right? So finding ways that you can, one, acknowledge that this is a cold email. So you could say something as simple as, I know I'm coming through unannounced or I know I'm coming through out of the blue. You're already building trust just through that one sentence yeah. because you're acknowledging that it is a cold email or a cold pitch. Welcome to The Takeover with Tim and Cindy, where we show you how to dominate every area of life and business. Let's get winning. Cold email marketing made easy. In this episode, we're going to dissect how to launch a successful cold or outbound email marketing strategy to get leads into your business consistently and to get paying clients in the door because that's mm. ultimately why we're in business, right? So lock into this episode if you are considering cold email or if you've never even thought about it just yet, by the end of this episode, you're definitely going to want to utilize it. So let's dive straight into why is cold email a great avenue for generating leads and then we'll dice that kind of the step-by-step -step so people have a playbook on how they can get started with it. Tim, why outbound email? Why cold email? So the context in which you're marketing to somebody is important. So if, if I'm reaching out to somebody in social media, they're in the mindset of social media, they're basically not working. Even if it's LinkedIn, like, come on, if somebody like a lot of times they're just, they're just trying to take a break mentally from work. They're not in work mode. If I'm in email, a lot of times I am in work mode, mm -hmm. which means if I stop somebody on LinkedIn and get them to say, hey, let's talk, they're in a little bit more of a playful state of mind, which is, is not as close to like selling the deal as, as I'd like. Now, does it work? Heck yes, it works. LinkedIn, a lot of channels work. Facebook ads works really well. A lot of it works. One thing I love about cold email is if you can stop somebody in their inbox in the middle of what I would call the whirlwind of work and e answering emails and doing your calendar and all this stuff, if you can stop somebody in the middle of that, get them to go do a reply, book a call with your team, that means that you've hit some kind of need or problem that they need help with right now. And that's yeah. why we've, we've seen that email converts really well. Mm -hmm. But people that stop, because the context in which we are getting people to respond is the context where if they stop and respond to your email and book a call and show interest, that means that you are stopping them in the middle of the work whirlwind, which yes. it means that if they stopped, they probably have a very big need and immediate need for what you're offering. That's why I love email so much. Mm -hmm. And because if you can do it well, it's very, very scalable. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Email is highly scalable. And I want to dissect, go into kind of the details on that scalability aspect of it, right? So when we're launching a cold email campaign at Pima, there's four things that we think about and that we consider to ensure that the cold email outreach is effective to getting leads. The first is the data to mm. who we're reaching out to. 
The second is email health, and we'll dive into that more in a second. The third is the tech that we're going to use. So this could be the software we're using to send out the emails. And the last one is copy. And if you've listened to any of our other marketing episodes, you know how much we are obsessed with copy because really good copy can make or break a campaign. So let's dive into each of these four in detail, starting off with data and why is data so important for an effective cold email outreach campaign? Now, there's a couple points. When we say data, we submit for doing cold email, that simply means a valid email address. If I'm reaching out to dentists, that would just mean a list of dentists' <laughs> email addresses or you know whoever your target is. So there's a few things on it. Number one is your bottleneck for scalability will be the volume of data that you can get. That's by far the hardest thing to do is where do I get volume of data? And we've got some really, really cool solutions that we have that help with how do you get a lot of data. But the second part is valid data, right? So if an email address isn't valid, meaning maybe it was at one point in time, but it no longer exists anymore. And if if we're sending out too many emails to non-valid emails addresses, then it's good. There, what's going to happen is there's this thing called bounce, meaning you send an email out to Bob at dentistry.com and that email doesn't exist anymore. And your email is going to bounce back because that email address doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do that too much, the what's called email service providers, which is like Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook, Gmail, Microsoft, Yahoo, they're going to see, hey, Tim's sending too many bounced emails. There's something wrong there. Let's flag him. Let's not let his emails go through to anybody. Mm -hmm. So number one is your scalability with email is going to be determined on the amount of data you can get. And if you're doing a good email campaign, this has got to be at least 10,000 email addresses you're sending to a month. We have some uh, clients and some people that are doing hundreds of thousands, like over a million valid email addresses a month. So scalability, you need to have the volume of email addresses, but they also have to be clean. They have to be healthy, which is called validating email. So oftentimes we'll go through a couple validation processes just to make sure if we're going to send out all these emails, we don't want to get in trouble with the ESPs, email service providers like Google, Yahoo, and and Outlook. Mm -hmm. So that's number one is we have to have the right data and we have to have the right amount. I see a lot of people make the mistake where they're like, man, I sent out 3,000 emails last month. I don't know what's not working. Well, you know, it could be your copywriting's bad, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but 3,000 email address send outs is so little volume yeah. for what it takes to make it in this game. Because remember what we said earlier is the goal of email is to stop somebody that's in the middle of the work whirlwind and get them to book a call with you. That's not going to be like every 10 people you reach out to. You're going to have to send out thousands and thousands of emails to mm-hmm. get a few meetings. And that's what is super important is that you have the volume and that you have the quality of list. So good. So that's the data aspect of it. And one thing that you mentioned is, is bounce rate, right? And yep. if you're constantly sending emails to contact addresses that are bouncing, it's going to affect your domain health yep. or reputation. So that takes us really nicely into the second one, which is email health. What are some things we need to be thinking about around the health of our domains, the health of our email campaigns, and ensuring that our emails are landing in the inbox versus like the promotions or the spam box? Hmm. So I'm going to explain this both in a simple way, but I'm also going to add a couple little complex things for those that are going to come through and watch this episode again. Maybe that you're going to 
actually go set up your email and you want to listen through this episode a few times. Um, So I'm going to add a couple little more advanced things in here, but I'm going to keep it simple as well. So when you go set up an outreach, we're going to use multiple website domains. So if my website is pima.io, I'm going to go buy a lot of other domains to set up the email outreach on. That could be scale with Pima, grow with Pima.com. It could, I might set up 20, 50, 100 domains that are not my main domain. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody goes to scale with Pima.com, it's going to redirect to Pima.io. Our main website is Pima.io. What I don't want to do is I don't want to send out cold emails from Pima.io because if I get in trouble with the ESPs, the email service providers, Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook, if I get in trouble with them, I could get in trouble with my main company website and now I might be landing in spam box for all my emails. Don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. So if I just set up just one more domain and I set up, you know, and I'm doing a 100,000 emails a month on one domain. And if that one domain gets flagged, then all of my outreach is down. So what we're going to mm-hmm. do is we're going to set up a bulk domain. So I might buy 10, 50, maybe upwards of 100, 200 domains. And then I'm going to set up two email addresses or three email addresses on each of those domains to do my reach outs. Mm-hmm. So that allows us to spread the risk across many domains so that if one or two gets temporarily affected, which they can always be recovered, but if one or two temporarily gets affected, all the other ones remain healthy so that there's no (laughs) crisis that happens because I lost all my outreach. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I set up multiple domains that I'm going to be doing outreach with. The, The second part of this is that if I just were to set up say scalewithpima.com and I start doing outreach with it tomorrow, the ESPs, the email service providers are going to go, wait, this is a brand new website with brand new email. And now people are marking it as spam, right? Because if you're doing, if, if you're doing a, a pitch, you're going to get some of your stuff marked as spam. They might be like, okay, don't accept these emails. So no, so Gmail is not going to accept your emails. Outlook's not going to, Yahoo, all these email service providers, they're going to say, don't accept emails from scalingwithpima.com, right? Because it's this brand new website that all of a sudden is going out and pitching people. So I want to do what's called a warm-up where we're going to use a tool. It's, it's a software tool that's going to automatically send out emails to a network of inboxes of other email addresses that are going to respond back positively. So it's this network. You might have a network of like 50,000 other email addresses and they all kind of like reply back. It's all through AI. So these are like AI generated emails that send out, they reply. If for some reason your email ends up in the spam box of this network, it will go in and it'll remove you from the spam box. So it makes your email address look healthy. And so so this is important. Why is this important? Because you want to show up in the inbox. You don't want to show up in the spam box. If you go show up in spam, it's not going to help you. So we want to set up the multiple domains, and then we want to warm them up for at least three or four weeks using one of these warm-up networks where we now are going to have 100% deliverability because a good warm-up network uh, tool is going to show you, hey, 100% of your emails are landing in inbox. 
blocks. But also a good warm-up network will be able to monitor the health. So over time, if you start your deliverability goes down these these good email warm-up tools, they're going to tell you, hey, only 70% of your emails are, are landing in inbox, 30% aren't. And then you can just essentially stop doing your outreach with those domains, just do warm-up, and then over a period of two, three, four weeks, your inbox health will set up. So that's what you want to do. You want to diversify the risk by setting up multiple domains, and then you want to use one of these uh, email warm-up tools to make sure that your inboxes get warm and they stay warm. So the ultimate goal of this process is email health and deliverability. Right? Yeah. As Tim was mentioning, it's not just enough to purchase all of these domains and start doing outreach. That is for sure going to land your emails in the spam folder, and we don't want that. So take the extra step of warming up your email inboxes before you start outreach to ensure that every email that you send is landing in the correct folder, yep. which of course will increase the likelihood of you getting leads and booked calls. So we covered two things. I know this is a lot of information yep. for you all, but we want to make sure that we're giving you enough details that you can go and execute on this. So remember, we started off with data. You need valid contact email addresses, which is super important. Second is the email health and deliverability, ensuring that when you purchase new domains to do outreach, that you are first ensuring that they're going through a warm-up period. And there's various tools out there that you can Google and research that will warm up your email inboxes and domains before you start outreach. Tim, the third one is tech. What do we need to be thinking about around the technology we're using for our outreach and some software that we need to be thinking about to get this not only started, but sustained in the long term? Hey there, make sure that you are staying on top of your game by following the show. Hit that subscribe button for the takeover with Tim and Cindy wherever you are listening. Let's get winning together. Okay, so like the first thing you got to do is you got to have an email address you're sending it from. So if I want, say, I set up scalingwithpima.com to do cold outreach for me, and then I set up tim at scalingwithpima.com, I can do that through like I could set up a G Suite account, like a Google account that is tim at scalingwithpima.com, or I could set it up on like some of the other tools, like wherever you buy your actual website. Sometimes you can do email stuff there. If you want to get really advanced and you want to be able to scale really big, you can set up what's called your own uh, private email server. That's for really advanced tech stuff, but that would be where I could set up Tim at scalingwithpuma.com on my own server. So like people that like scale really big email, they're going to use private email servers. I wouldn't suggest to do that unless you're really, really, really in the tech. So go out there, buy your domain, scalingwithpima.com. You can plug that into a G Suite, like a Google email, Gmail. And the nice thing about Google is that it's they're very healthy. Like if you're sending out emails from Google emails, those are what would be called very clean IP addresses. So it's it's going to be easy to land in an inbox if you if you just use uh, Google accounts. Second, from there, you you are going to need to set up like a warm up tool. Uh, right, you're going to need a tool that runs your warm up. It sends out the emails. It receives the emails for the AI emails, just for warming up your inbox. And then that's the the other piece you're going to need is the actual campaign tool, where it's going to be able to send out emails and receive emails on your behalf. Now, I highly suggest finding a tool that does all of this in one place. Mm -hmm. So if you can have a one place where it both warms up your inboxes, your Gmails, and it monitors the health at the same time, and 
It can run the campaign outreaches all in one place. That's ideal. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest finding a tool where you can reply all on like one in one place. Because say if I have 100 Gmails, I don't want to have to log into every Gmail account to reply. Ideally, you find a tool that does the warm up in one place. It does the outreach in one place. And it would have what would be called your inboxes for all your email accounts in one place. So you can literally manage all of your outreach just in one place. So that's what I suggest on the tech for managing your warmups, your outreaches, your your domain health and all of that. That's some really, really good things to think about when we're going into now the copy side of it, which is the fourth and last area that we're thinking about around cold email campaigns. What are a few points that our listeners need to be locked in on or need to be considering with regards to copy? We've spoken about a lot of outbound copy on our show for cold email specifically. What what are a few points that we need to consider around copy? Okay, so with your copywriting, with the email, there's a couple things you have to think about. Number one, your open rate is going to be dependent on your subject line and your first sentence. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people don't think about that. It's not just your subject line that's going to get the interest, but it's that first sentence. Mm-hmm. So I want to make that that subject line and that first sentence, want, make them want to open it. Now, I don't want to deceive them. I don't want to lie to them. I don't want to like trick them. It's got to be relevant. But if I'm promoting in the subject line or in the first sentence, they're not going to open that up, right? Like think about it. When you go to your mailbox and you grab the letters, there's going to be a pile of the shiny, the glossy, the promotional, and there's going to be the handwritten letter. If you see a handwritten letter, which one do you look at first? The handwritten, definitely. Right. And what do you do with the the, the glossy, the shiny, the promotional? Throw it away. Throw it away, right? So we got to think like we would be going to our our mailbox. We want to make this look and feel like a personal email so that subject line and that first line needs to feel that way. Don't do all cap stuff. Don't do highly promotional. Make it very, very simple and make them want to open up your email and make it feel like that handwritten letter would be. So I generally am going to do lowercase. It's going to generally, I want it to look like it's a friend that's emailing them. Not that I'm lying now. I'm saying, hey, buddy, how you doing? But I want, I want the content to kind of, that first line to kind of feel like, this could be a friend that's writing to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's one thing that's really important. The other thing is making sure that, as we always talk about, direct call to action is proven to work better. Don't try to make friends. No one wants to be your buddy or your friend in email. Direct call to action works the best. Don't try to sell your thing and how awesome all your stuff is. Speak to the problem, that one thing that's keeping them up at night, stressed out. You know, all of us have those things in our life that we're just at nighttime, we're, we're up, we can't sleep that night for some reason. We're thinking about that problem. What's that problem that you solve for your prospect that's keeping them up at night? Yeah. And how can we speak directly to that problem? And then have a direct call to action where, hey, if if you want to see how we can help you fix insert problem, you know, we'd be happy to carve out 20 minutes of time to walk you through how we could help you. When's a good time for you? Very direct, very simple, very focused on the problem we solve. Not all the, we do web design and social media and coaching and my, like all this, no one cares about that. So be very direct. And then the third part is going to be that you also have to make sure you're running your emails through a uh, spam word filter. Yes. Super important. Because it's deliverability. So now we have a great subject line in the first sentence. Boom. Awesome. It's going to get clicked. It's going to get opened. And number two, we have a great body copy. We, we're focused on the problem. We have a clear call to action and next step that's going to get them, boom, 
we're doing great. Number three is we got to make sure that there's no words in there that's going to trigger spam filters with the ESPs, the, inter- mm-hmm. the email service providers, right? So if, if I say flash sell free cash only, like yeah. if, if I if I use and I don't, there's a big list of them out there. We got to make sure we run our email through a spam word tester. And yes. like I was saying before, if you have a really good software that'll do your email warmups, it'll do your email outreach, it'll manage your inbox. A lot of times when you set up your campaigns, it's going to warn you, oh, hey, this email has some spam words in it and mm-hmm. it's going to make suggestions. So that's the third part of doing really good copies to make sure that you don't have those spam words in there because at the end of the day, if you don't end up in the inbox, it doesn't matter how amazing your copy is Yeah, if they don't see it, right? Absolutely. One more thing I want to add to the copy that converts. We're seeing this work really well right now with cold email copy. And so this is a bonus insider tip from you all. We run hundreds of thousands of campaigns every month for our clients. It's understanding the context that somebody is receiving the email, knowing that they're receiving a cold pitch. Mm. So what we like to do in copy is pre-handle the objection that we know we're going to get, right? The moment somebody opens this email from somebody that they don't know, that's the first thing that's going to come to mind, right? Like, is this spam? Who is this person? Understand that your prospects are skeptical, yeah. right? So finding ways that you can, one, acknowledge that this is a cold email. So you could say something as simple as, I know I'm coming through unannounced or I know I'm coming through out of the blue. You're already building trust just through that one sentence yeah. because you're acknowledging that it is a cold email or a cold pitch. Mm. The second part is building trust through the copy, right? Knowing that you're reaching out to somebody cold, they are going to be skeptical because how many of us have heard about spam emails going around, right? I click this link and it's some spam call yeah, to action. Like this, scam, scam it's stuff. actual scam. Yeah. So people are skeptical when they receive cold emails. So if you can add a link to your website or a link to a landing page where somebody can click to learn more about you or see testimonials or reviews, you automatically build trust for that prospect. Mm, so they're more yeah, inclined yeah. to take the next steps with you. So just simply understanding the context with which people are receiving the email and because there are a lot of spam campaigns out there, we want to make sure that our, we differentiate ourselves and acknowledge by building trust. Yeah. It's a real thing that there's scammers out there, right? There's scammers out there that run email to scam people, click a link, download a virus, like all of this stuff. So what you said there is acknowledging, hey, I know I'm coming by unannounced. And and then you can build some trust. What is that through like testimonials Mm -hmm. or some different proofs like that? You're differentiating you from the Nigerian prince that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> send you money. <laughs> send, send me money, right? So no, that and that's that's really good. And the, you're not just saying this uh, off of, of theory. I mean, you're the COO. You oversee this for, I mean, just an insane amount of outreaches. So this is all data driven. It's proven. We have clients that pay us a lot of money to do this for them because the strategies, the process that we have works really well. So anybody listening to this, if you are wanting to do cold email, definitely listen through this again. Listen through this a couple times again. You know, we, we can give you some more details in some other shows as well on, on how the execution of this stuff works. But one thing I promise you is that if you do this well, you're going to have a system that's going to get you clients at a low cost yeah. and at scale. So you're going to be able to scale this. I mean, just imagine 
anybody's email you can get, you can now reach out to. Mm-hmm. So if you can get the bottleneck is, is the email addresses, but now you could actually reach out to every single person in your total addressable market with this email. And people don't know this, but I could reach out to the entire marketplace once every three months and then reach out to them the entire marketplace again for the next three months. So your ability to scale and repeat getting meetings every quarter is very, 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 very powerful. Well, folks, we hope that this episode was useful on cold email made easy. We do hope that we broke it down in a way that was easy to understand and so that you have a general overview, but can also go ahead and execute on some of the strategies that you learned in today's episode. Cold email is by far one of the easiest and most effective ways to get leads into your business consistently week over week, month over month, and of course, bring new revenue into your business, which is the goal, the ultimate Mm. goal. So make sure that you follow the show wherever you are listening and take that one extra step to leave us a rating or a review. It helps so much. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. This is Tim and Cindy with The Takeover. Stay winning. Stay winning.